Cheers, y'all. that sound like fun <laughs> welcome ladies and gentlemen i sure hope so welcome to smoking and toasting it is the uh, radio program and podcast heard around the world and and in echo from someone's device is that you that's me okay good uh, uh welcome to smoking and toasting it's show number 209 we are all about craft beer fine spirits and hand rolled cigars and we are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com available on the web for you to shop for uh, cool Shirts for cigar lovers or anybody on your gift list this holiday season, because it is holiday season. I mean, this is this is essentially our Halloween show, and as I always like to say, it, from Halloween, it's it's just a downhill slide to New Year's Day. You know, that's basically <laughs> that's basically the way it seems to go every year. But uh, but anyway, welcome, and we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. So Why? they've got great because cigars, cigars. yeah, and that's the uh, slogan for the shop. And they've got all kinds of great things. There's uh, sweatshirts and hoodies available now. There's a great uh, face mask that says, uh, "As soon as I take this off, oh, I'm having a cigar." That's what I forgot to order this week. I was yeah, yeah, get myself one of those. Those, those are very cool, and lots of great uh, shirts with snarky sayings on them for uh, you know for cigar lovers. So it's it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Uh, well, welcome to the program, and welcome to our, I guess it's our Halloween show. We're going to uh, have a pumpkin beer. I brought a really, what I think is going to be a really special pumpkin beer today. It's uh, it's in a big old bomber with a cork on the top. Oh, that sounds you know, fancy. You know, usually pumpkin beers are like in a can, and it's a 12-ounce can, and they may be delicious, but um, this time we'll be tasting the uh, Hardywood Park Craft Brewery Rum Barrel Pumpkin. Ooh. It's a pumpkin farmhouse ale that has been aged in rum barrels. So all of that sounds good to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, like you just keep saying. Oh, and and (laughs) as if that weren't enough, uh, it's uh, over 12%. (laughs) <laughs> so so I knew you'd be excited. You know I love that. Yeah. We're also going to be tasting uh, from the Manhattan Project Beer Company, which is not located in Manhattan, by the way. They are located in Dallas, Texas. Uh, but they have a beer called Necessary Evil. It's a Pilsner. Necessary yeah, Evil. Great name. Great name. So we'll get to that. Uh, also trying for the first time anything from the Moonraker Brewing Company. Uh, they're out of Auburn, California. We'll be trying their Space Nectar IPA. And now, Ian, I'm going to need your help with the uh, with the uh, with the whiskey we're tasting today, because I, I'm pretty sure I'm not pronouncing it right. Is it Bunahabhain? Bunahabhain. Bunah- See, I knew I I was trying too hard. Just Bunahabhain. Bunahabhain. I think. Bunahabhain. I think there's one more syllable in there. Bunahabhain. Bunahabhain. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, obviously, it's going to have a sort of a Scottish. Uh, uh, Just so you know, it. it's spelled B-U-N-N-A-H-A-B-H-A-I-N. Yeah, and so I can drink it, but I have a hard I, time. I didn't do that it. off the top of my head. Yeah. The bottle happened to be going <laughs> on Mr. Twirly gig right at the right, right time. At the right moment. See, that's good. Uh, it is a single malt scotch, so we'll be tasting that on the program today. I'm sure I can probably talk you into that, uh, and uh, talking about a lot of different things now. Today's shirt. Uh, today's shirt. Today's today's shirt. <laughs> today's shirt is uh, a smoking and toasting hoodie. Um, today's program is entitled "Cocktails for Halloween," and there's a stem in my cigar. There's a stem in my a cigar. A stem in my cigar. Now, those of you who smoke things other than cigars have come to recognize the stem as a negative. Is that the case with cigars? 
I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it keeps your ash from falling off too well, fast. Well, maybe it does. We'll talk about that. If so, you need more stems in your cigars because <laughs> uh, you're the guy that always gets it on his shirt. Although that happened to me today, actually. So I, I really don't. See, have I managed much. to skip really, past that today. I really don't have much room to talk. So, uh, also coming up on the program, we will uh, share with you some good cocktails for Halloween. Uh, also coming up on the program, there is a, um, well. There's a company that says they can make top shelf whiskey in a few days, so we'll be examining. You that know that claim that story's been going around for just a little bit because yeah, I've, I've been hearing about this. Yeah, well, mostly because I keep saying it and then we don't get to it on the program. Uh, also, the uh, the most underrated whiskeys, according to the experts, and even the most underrated tequilas. If we have time to get to all of that next week's show. Uh, we're going to go through, there's a whole bevy of lists that just dropped about um, best breweries of 2020, best beers of 2020. And even though 2020 is not over yet, a lot of these are very interesting because they were voted on by fans of, of different you know uh, craft brew websites and craft brew magazines. So that'll be fun to go to. I think we're going to just do a whole top beers episode next week and go through all of these lists. Oh, that would be fun. So I think that'll be fun, and we'll try to drink as many of them as we you know, possibly can. So so we'll look forward to that. So, uh, so a lot going on on the program today, a lot happening uh, all around the world, and we're still, you know, in the middle of, you know, pandemic dump. want to say a big thanks to uh, Greg Duxakis and his wife, who opened up their home to us last week as we did the show from his uh, his back patio, which was a lot of fun. We Man, how fun was that? And, and the, actually, the most fun part was when we went upstairs and looked at his uh, his, his treasure trove. His treasure runs, trove, yes. Yes, and, and selected what to bring down for the show. Uh, but he's with Plantation Rum, of course, and, and, you know, those rums are just fantastic. So I will say, by the way, we talked most, of all the rums we tasted last week, we talked most about the Isle of Fiji rum, which was the newest one from Plantation. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. It's, it's wonderful. And we talked about how wonderful it was and how inexpensive it is. And so I was back in Specs yesterday. I shop at the big Specs like mega store. The downtown. The downtown yeah, one, that's, right? Yeah, that's basically yeah. a holiday every time you go in. It really is. I love going in there, bought my cigar in there, and, and, uh, and bought... A number of things, spent way too much money. But the thing I wanted to tell you is I went to get another bottle of Isle of Fiji because, after all, I did scarf down the one that they sent. I've only gotten to taste it once. Yes, you mentioned that a couple of times last week. <laughs> so I was going to get another bottle, right? Guess what? Sold out. Sold at Specs out already. And so immediately I thought, smoking and toasting. Directly influencing sales. I'm pretty sure that's exactly why. Yeah, it would have to be, wouldn't you think? It's a darn good rum and very inexpensive, too. So, anyway, we'll get to, uh, we do want to say thanks to Docs and his wife for being uh, so gracious. That was so awesome. Had a great time at their place. He even took us out on his boat for a little spin after the show. Little sandwiches and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. (laughs) Why don't we have little sandwiches in the studio? That'd be a wonderful idea. Yeah, Adam. We should work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's been a uh, crazy week for me. I assume it has been for you, too. But hopefully, at some point, you got a chance to slow down just a little bit. And enjoy a cigar that you can tell us about. Well, I did. I did. Actually, I slowed down this morning. I went by, uh, you know, I haven't been by uh, Casa de Monte Cristo in a while, so it was nice to get by there and, and do that. Uh, I've been doing my cigar reviews at my house, which is mm-hmm. also very nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, today I decided to get out the house a little bit. Plus, the other the, the other thing that, um, that uh, made that happen was I looked at my humidor. And I've reviewed every cigar that's left in my humidor, and uh, it's see? getting pretty yeah, slim right now. See? 
<laughs> so, you, you got one of those pandemic humidors where you've been smoking more than you've been buying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Man, let me put it. I even bought a box of uh, EPC Inch. Yes, I remember you told me that. And I'm almost through that. Yeah. Like, uh, and those things smoke forever. I know they're I, small, but but they they last. I love those cigars. They smoke mm-hmm. forever. But uh, what I did is I went by uh, today and perused the humidor, and uh, I, I found uh, a couple cigars that I hadn't had before, so I bought them. But um, the one I decided to uh, to, to review today is the uh, Caldwell Gibraltar Extra. Oh, nice. Now, I have i don't remember the Gibraltar Extra. I think I've had Gibraltar, and it's been around for right. a while. And the and Extra, I think, has also been around for a while, but I haven't had that one. And Caldwell was one of the three guys that blended the cigar that I smoked last yes. week. It was Caldwell and AJ and uh, Matt Booth. Yeah, so this one was a Robusto, 5.5 by 54. Uh, and it was a good long smoking Robusto too. Mm-hmm. That that five point five by fifty four was about an hour and fifteen minutes almost of uh, of smoking. I was, sweet. I was very happy with that, and it was sweet actually. So the wrappers Dominican, uh, binders Dominican, fillers Dominican, Honduran. Um, the appearance medium brown with a very simple label, um, medium firmness overall, solid construction feel. Uh, just you know, nice looking cigar. Uh, kind of kind of muted colors on it. Looked real classy and nice uh the pre-light sniff earthy barnyard leather hints of tea leaf and coffee this is one of those cigars that when you bring it to your nose like you just so like, much oh, aroma yeah so much going on. like and i want sometimes you don't get a lot i of want my house to smell like that yeah you know like, if only there was a potpourri that was that right <laughs> that, that smelled uh, then, just like that was then amazing. i wouldn't hate potpourri as much it as smells I so good uh the pre-light draw on this um <clears throat> I used a punch uh, initially, uh, medium draw effort on this, unexpected fruitiness in there, backed by a spicy tingle right on the draw. It was nice. very kind of interesting. The initial light, immediate burst of spices and pepper with sweet coffee and cashew nuttiness on the background. Um, the first third on this, the draw became a little bit tight, so I opened it up with a clip, which is which is fine. I don't I don't count anything off on that because, you know, sometimes they're like that. Mm-hmm. I had a marginal difference in the draw, but the draw never got any uh, any tighter. And as a matter of fact, it started to open up about the uh, second third of the cigar. But uh, the the first third of the cigar had coffee with a hint of mocha uh, dominating and the a background of tea leaf and spice rounding out the profile. Medium strength o- overall, solid ash, mostly even burn. So pretty yeah. good. Nothing, nothing to uh, complain about. The second third of this, pleasant notes of cedar became prominent, backed by coffee and spices, sweet and peppery flavors. There's still a little nuttiness going on threading throughout this. Um, the sweetness, that sweet cashew nuttiness kind of lingered the whole time. Almost, uh, and There's a little mocha in there, too, that just threads in and out that you don't always get. But every once in a while, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is again. It was, it was, that was kind of fun because mm-hmm. you're kind of looking for it. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn all the way through the second third of this. The third uh, third of this, the last third of this, more of the same. All good. Everything all the way through the cigar was delicious. Um, this was a $6.95 cigar, I Not think. Bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I give it a six. I That's think great. It's, I, I wouldn't have bat an eye if I paid $8 to $9 for this cigar. For the, uh, if you just handed it to me and I tried it having no idea the price, I would have guessed it. Yeah. Um, between an eight and ten dollar cigar, easily. Uh, I truly enjoyed this. I will go back and have more of these. This is a full, like robust medium mm-hmm. uh, to the draw with a little bit of spice going on, but not a lot, of, not enough spice to distract you from 
all the rest of the flavors. Right, because sometimes spice. spice can overpower. Right, everything. but the pepperiness was very. Uh, it was a sweet pepperiness, and um, and it was it was a nice threading throughout this whole cigar that that just really really lent uh, a little extra. I know. It. I know we're on show two hundred nine, but in case anybody is. Not that's, familiar that's with halfway to three hundred. Yes, it is. In case anybody's not familiar with the price to quality uh, scores that we like to use on cigars, you know we're not really rating them. We're just describing our experience. Uh, but one of the things we can tell you is how it stacks up against what we had to pay for the yeah. cigar, and that's what price to quality is about. So a price to quality rating of five means you got what you paid for. Ian gave this one a six, which means you it's, really wouldn't have been disappointed. It. it it overperformed. You wouldn't have been disappointed if paid, had if you I paid, paid more. $2 more for right. the cigar, I wouldn't have batted yeah. an eye. And please, to the cigar companies, do not take a rating of a six to mean that you're undercharging. We appreciate the fact yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, we, can get, that we can get a cigar that's not, uh, you know, not maybe it's expensive. And, and then sometimes stuff will get below a five. That doesn't mean it was a bad cigar. It just mean, It might mean that... Based on what else you could get for that same price, yeah, it doesn't quite measure up to that. Well, I will tell you, this is one that I'll probably uh, start eyeballing uh, prices on boxes. Oh, because I really so, did. I really did enjoy the flavor profile a lot. I like the mocha that just kind of popped in and out once in a while. And I think if we talk about a cigar on the show, and after talking about it, we say we would consider getting a box of them. I think it should get like a little, there should be some sort of little box graphic, a, a dancing cigar box or something <laughs> we can make waft right. across the screen. You know what I'm saying? Woo, he, he triggered the box option. That's uh, that's good, kind of like a game show. So uh, uh, Greg's wife uh, posted on here on the comments, uh, we yes. were talking about the uh, Isle of Fiji. Yes, Suzanne. She said uh, more, uh, Greg said more has landed today, um, so it should be very, back in stock very shortly. Yeah, well, apparently we did a number on it when we talked about how good it was last you week. You did a number on it. <laughs> yes, I did. I haven't actually been by the uh, the liquor store, so. Well, if you go by, pick me up a bottle. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a pretty interesting cigar. I actually smoked this today, uh, and it was the first time I'd ever had one of these, although I've had a number of the cigars in the line from Rocky Patel. All right, I got a question. How's yeah. your uh, How's your patio right now? Because uh, how's the wind up there? Because well, it ha the wind hasn't been too bad this week. Okay. It was worse last week. But it's we got now, the weather change coming up. It's now a it little chilly. Got a yeah. little chilly yeah, outside. We're both chilly, wearing so, hoodies yeah. right now. Yeah, it's now a little chilly. It, which, in for those of you who are from states that don't start with uh, Tex. Um, <laughs> we wear hoodies when it dips below 50 here. That's, yeah, that's unheard of. They're still wearing shorts in the 40s in uh, Boston. Well, I'm still wearing shorts, there. but I do well, have okay. a hoodie on. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> it's, a, it's the counterbalance. So, uh, so actually, no, I came. Uh, I, I, I smoked this one in my car. Actually, I have a little uh, convertible. So it was... The weather was just perfect to put the convertible down, run a little bit of heat in the car, uh, and just smoke enough this. to knock the chill right. off the front. Right, but if I, but I, but I wasn't moving. I found a spot and parked because sometimes the wind can. I don't like to smoke anything that I'm trying to, you know, really yeah, yeah. get a lot out of. Uh, if if the car's moving, you know, it can still be fun to have a cigar, but you're gonna the wind's gonna play with well, you a little yeah, bit. Well, so. yeah, if if you've got the if you got the windows open or the top down and you're smoking a cigar, you want to smoke something that. Either you know pretty well, or right. it's okay if it burns a little hot because exactly. you can get all that wind going exactly. by it. Yeah. So I was parked, got a fair shot at this. This was the Rocky Patel 
quarter century Robusto. I haven't even seen that. Yeah, and I don't think it's as... At first, I thought, oh, this must be brand new, but I think I was just seeing it for the first time. I think it's been out for a little while. It is a really nice-looking cigar, nice medium brown uh, wrapper. It's a San Andres uh, Mexico wrapper, a Honduran binder, and filler from Nicaragua. So a lot of different forces at work here with the tobacco. Uh, And all of the tobacco in this cigar was aged for 10 years before it was rolled. Then the cigar was rolled, and those cigars rested for another two years. So it's essentially 12 years of aging on this uh, 25th anniversary That's a lot of uh, tobacco. dedication. <clears throat> yes, it is. It's a lot cigar. of patience is yeah. what I would say, because I'd be like, can I smoke them now? Can I smoke them now? <laughs> uh, pre-light on this was leathery. Uh, there was a bit of uh, cocoa, and what reminded me a little bit of rice pudding. There's a there's a phrase I haven't used in the uh, in a cigar. Rice Ruby. pudding. Rice pudding. You know, it has that... that that sort of rice vibe, but it's all, it's it's a creamier uh, yeah, vibe. So with a little sweetness to it. That's either. what I yeah. went with with rice pudding. Uh, lit up nicely. Started a little slow, but once it got warmed up, the flavors started to make themselves known. Even in the first third, there was a pleasant uh, a pleasant earthiness and a kind of kind of a creamy buttery note that seemed to come and go a little bit. That was that was very nice. Uh, second third gave me some nuttiness, kind of a walnut flavor. And there was a little bit of pepper, and the nuttiness was a little more pronounced on the retro hail. About halfway in, I got this all of a sudden, this very bitter, papery taste starts. Weird. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I actually turned the cigar over in my hand, and what had happened was it had started to burn unevenly. And this was unbeknownst to me because I was looking the side I was looking at looked pretty straight. Well, yeah, right. The other side though had burned down and had made contact with the first band on the cigar. So the paper uh, I was getting was paper. It was the it was I was getting paper. Yeah. So so I took that off and the cigar returned to normal like right away in terms of the flavor. And I decided, you know what? This was a relatively expensive cigar. It wasn't ridiculous, but uh it was I'm just gonna let it burn and see whether what it, it does. whether it evens itself out or not. So that's what I went with. The final third, um, it got more earthy, a little more rich. Um, the nuttiness stayed, but it wasn't that wasn't as prominent as it had been at first. I like the way the flavors blended and changed while it smoked. It was a very interesting cigar, and there was this flavor that I just couldn't. I couldn't pin down. And so I got out the tablet and went on the internet and looked for reviews of the cigar. Now, I really try not to read other reviews before I try to right. get flavors out because I don't because I don't want, you don't them want to, to influence. Right. Your... I, I don't want to just say the same thing those said. I want to say what I'm getting. Uh, but this this flavor was driving me crazy. I couldn't figure out what it was. So I thought, let's let's go look and see. So I went to uh, a site that I trust. I went to Half Wheel. Yep, yeah, Half Wheel is a great place. Half Wheel. They had had a guy smoke this cigar, which is a slightly different size, but he'd smoked this blend. And I'm reading down the review, and I'm like, oh, that's it, popcorn. Popcorn. I had ne- I've never used the word popcorn talking about a cigar before, but it was. It wasn't exactly corn. But it was, you know, there's just that flavor that popcorn yeah, yeah. has. So, uh, with total nods to stealing the word from uh, from the half wheel review, it was definitely there. That was what I was tasting was was popcorn, and it was very pleasant. By the way, it was like, you know, kind of how popcorn smells when you walk into the movie theater. Uh-huh. It was that kind of a of a thing. But I just wasn't 
I wasn't associating it's that hard flavor to associate. with a cigar. Like when we talk about flavors that you pick up in cigars, it's hard to associate sometimes some of those flavors because you're just right. not thinking of right. them. Right. Who gets nutmeg when you're smoking tobacco? You know? Right. But, yeah. But, so yeah. you're just not thinking of them. So being able to actually bring those up at the right time, right place, without mm-hmm. going, it's there. I know it, but I'm not sure what it is. Right. Right. It's it takes a long time, and and sometimes just someone has to nudge you a little bit, like 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 that. And yeah, so that's I, it. I wanted to to share that because I thought if you're trying to develop your palate, because uh, mine certainly is not as developed as I'd like for it to be, uh, that's one of the best things you can do. Smoke the cigar. And then if you can't figure out what you're getting, then go read a review of someone. Right. Half Wheel's a great example. There are other places, well, too. Well, if you're really newbie at this, Cigar Craig does smoke a Smoke a cigar and read the interview at the same time and try right. to identify. And try to find it, yeah. You absolutely. know, that'll really help your palate. So the only real flaw that I can mention with this cigar was that uneven burn. And you can see, you can see it a little bit on the, on the pictures. It did make the final third burn a bit hotter, and that... You know, muted those flavors a little bit, which I wasn't pleased with. However, I do have to say, I never tended this cigar. And by the time I got down to the end, it had evened out, and that that hotness that was causing it to be a little bit harsh had pretty much dissipated. So huh. uh, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but the, and the, and the flavors were terrific. But but the burn did mess with the enjoyment of the cigar a little. So at about eleven bucks, which for me, I think it's a little bit pricey for a Maduro. That's premium. My, my expectations are high at that price range, right? Because I can get some pretty good Toros for eight to nine, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so at eleven bucks for a Maduro, uh, I'm sorry for a Robusto. Robusto. I I would probably give still give it a solid five if it weren't for the burn issue that that nicks it a little. But I would say I will totally go get another one because I'm betting it might have been just isolated to the one cigar. It's Rocky Patel. Yeah, I mean his quality is, is pretty strong. And his quality control has been pretty yeah, outstanding. It really has. So And and dealing with a handmade organic product. Yeah. Um there's bound to be from time oh, of course. to time and, issues. And I'm not it didn't keep me from enjoying this cigar. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I'm still going to give it a 4.5 based on what I smoke, but if if it hadn't had the burn issues, I I would give it a solid 5. And and I I can put up with a crooked burn. That doesn't bother me too bad if I don't have to constantly tend it. But it did it did make it smoke a little harsher for for a portion of the cigar than I wanted it to. When we come into cigar again, tasting, it could have just been the one. You know, there's a, there's a phrase in the industry where a lot of people will smoke the label or smoke yeah. with their eyes, mm-hmm. but you're actually doing that literally. I was literally smoking the label <laughs> smoking there for the a label. moment. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was my fault. I should have I should have paid attention to what was going on. Uh, I just I wouldn't hold uh, the yeah, cigar where I could see it. We've all done that. Yeah? I was like, especially when you have a label. I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, it's not on the band, and then I turn it over. Oh, it is on the band. So my we've bad. all done that, especially on cigars that have like uh, like an extra large label or maybe a couple of labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this was one. Uh, Rocky doesn't use that second label. Excuse me, a lot on his cigars. Right. The uh, the 1990 and the 1992 have it, but most of his cigars are are more like a single label, like the decade. Uh, but this one had that extra little band that said 25th anniversary. Right. And uh, so anyway, I, I like it. I like Rocky cigars in general, and that that can affect it too. I was thinking about that because if if you hand me a new cigar by AJ Fernandez or Rocky Patel, you're instantly I'm prepared. In, right, I, I've set the bar higher. For what I'm expecting, based on how much I've enjoyed from those particular cigar makers before, so maybe that's a little unfair too. You know, yeah, I might, I might even rate this higher if it was a brand I was not as familiar with. You know, but if you hand me a My Father cigar, 
immediately I've got expectations right. that it's Expect, that it's going to be gonna it's going to be pretty good. good. Exactly. So anyway, that was uh, that was my thoughts for that. Ian, I'm ready to start some drinking. Let's take a break. I, I'm for it. I know you're for it. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come right back with uh, something from the Manhattan Project Beer Company called Necessary Evil Pilsner. See, it's Halloween. You, you see, evil. you see how I'm I tying in. You see what I'm doing there? Yeah. I work hard on this stuff. <laughs> Either that, or I have a tendency to drink when I'm putting the show together the night before. <laughs> right. so one of the two. We'll be right back at smoking and toasting. <laughs> Great. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toasting. This is a program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I'm sorry, I just looked up and Ian was gently stroking the uh, bottle of uh, single malt there. Bunaben. Bunaben. Thank you. See, I, I'm hoping you'll keep saying it a few times and I can just copy what you say. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Glenfiddich Dave to call to, to call us up and, and be like, that is so wrong. Oh, yeah, and, and then he could pronounce it, and it would be it would be just amazing to hear him, to hear him say that. But, I love uh, that guy. Um, you know, speaking of uh, whiskey, by the way, uh, there's a company called Bespoken Spirits. See, Bespoken, isn't that kind of Halloween-ish, too? Bespoken, I think. Bespoken, means, yeah. You know, crafted for a specific thing. I, I think that's what it means. It just sounded like a Halloween-ish word to me. Uh, anyway, Bespoken Spirit says, it can use science to produce better whiskeys. President Trump immediately denounced them, saying, science schmience. But, um, uh, science me up on this. Yeah, Go okay. Ahead, what so, do you got? so here's what they say. Um, it has taken, it has spent several million dollars to prove that it can actually create whiskey that is made just now that can stand up to whiskey that has been aged. And so they're based out of Menlo Park, California. They're a startup, and they use a proprietary technology to rapidly produce custom whiskey. They just received two and uh, a little over $2.5 million in seed funding from um, a, a mogul from the semiconductor world and Derek Jeter, the baseball player. <laughs> Or the former baseball player, I guess. Uh, anyway, the announcement comes as uh, COVID continues to uh, uh, upend the alcohol industry with bars and restaurants closed or operating at limited capacity. Um, there's uh, a new era of opportunity, Bespoken Spirit says, uh, to the industry, especially as it's been hit hard by COVID-19. Now, most whiskeys mature in oak barrels for at least five years, some for 30 or more. Bespoken Spirit says they use this technology that extracts the key elements from the barrel that enhance the aroma and color and taste in a matter of days as opposed to over time. So what they're saying is they've found a way to extract. What are, you're looking at me like, no way, Jose. No, in my yeah. mind what they're doing is is they take each stave of the barrel and squeeze it out like a lime. Kind of like that is, is, what, is what you could picture, yeah. But they've come up with what they say is a scientific process that allows them to extract the the parts of it on a molecular level that influence the taste and then make sure that that this is comes in contact definitely science stuff with, since you with use the, the word molecular yeah uh, they say um, that their ability to, to deliver both quality and variety is what caught the attention of the investors and aficionados seem to agree bespoken won eight awards. 
in the 2020 San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Wow. Eight awards in their judging of craft spirits. But they say that they know that despite the awards, it's going to be a tall order to actually win over whiskey purists. They say they can't fault people for wanting to bring something, or, or, or others have said they can't fault these guys for wanting to bring something new to the forefront of the drinking world. Uh, but one reviewer said he holds umbrage with the shortcut takers of the world. Uh who view the creative process as nothing more than an easy way to make a buck. So they're going to be up against that kind of thinking, no matter how good the whiskey is. So there's uh, in any industry that's based on tradition. Mm -hmm. um, and is, it, is there, can you think of one that's based on tradition more solidly than the whiskey industry? Yeah. I, I mean, know? that's, that's, that's a big one right yeah. there. So, and there's, there's the story behind the whiskey. Sells the whiskey a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, it's not just uh, or the spirit in general. It could be gin or it could be whiskey. Or sure, could be, of course, tequila um, could tequila. be. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a story behind it that that always um, helps sell it and you, is, you it makes it interesting and you fun. Don't want to think of it as coming from a lab, right? So you this know? this is a little bit of a test tube baby whiskey. Yeah, I think. it um, really is. But. And that doesn't mean that it's probably, like, it could be good. I don't know. It could be delicious. Well, if we can get our hands on this, I think what we should do is some kind of a, we should get our whiskey expert, Chris Hart, who oh, yeah. hosts the uh, the Whiskey Neat Show and uh, is with the Houston Bourbon Society. Get him to come on the show, and we'll, do, we'll just pick five whiskeys, but have it be one of them, and see if, A, we can tell which one it is in yeah. a blind test, and, B, how we rank it. In you know, in just a random five whiskeys. I mean, you can bring a couple of whiskeys from your bar. I'll bring a couple mm -hmm. from mine, and then we'll get a bottle of this bespoke if we can, if we can find it. I haven't seen it. I haven't. That seen doesn't it mean I can't I wonder find if it's it. So difficult to get a hold of. I don't. And know. I wonder what the label looks like because everything from California uh, causes cancer. <laughs> well, you notice everything. Well, I think has the, the I think has been known in the state of California. To people cause who cancer. live in California uh, seem to think that because they're uh, you know. There, there are laws and stuff passed. I'm going to just pass this over to you from the article, and you can maybe show that to the camera. Ah, I, I can't see what I'm showing to the camera, but I will put that up here. Yep. We got it this way. No, this way. Ooh, I've kind of goofed it up there. There we go. Bespoke and then you kind of move around. Yeah, there you go. So you can get a feel for what that looks like in case you're looking for some of it. So there you go. I mean, they're using a nice glass. <laughs> and the bottle looks legit enough, right? The bottle looks okay. They're using those little uh, 350 mil bottles. Yeah, yeah. Um, the label to me is very plain looking. Yeah. Um, not maybe even that's, very interesting. Maybe like, it's by design. Maybe they didn't want to make too, you know, make it too fancy. And I, I don't know. Just the fact that people are going to be, they're going to be drinking this and looking at it differently. That, the way the bottle looks just makes me think that the uh, that the spokesperson for them would say. Bespoken whiskey. <laughs> bespoken. It's bespoken. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's very subdued. Um, it's very interesting. It's an interesting idea. I would love to try mm. it and see how it fares against. I'll do our best to try it. Yeah. True. I'd love to do a blind taste test that, too. Dude, that'd be fun. I, I think if we did it in a in a blind taste test like that, it would keep us from. Being you know prejudiced against it one way or the other, either positive or negative, and just, yeah, it, it definitely just stand brings on it its to own. a little more so. uh, level playing field. From uh, Dallas, Texas, 
Uh, I believe this is the first time we've had one of their beers, the Manhattan Beer Project. They've got a number of different, uh, you know, styles and and uh, different kinds of craft beer available, as you would expect. Uh, this is their Necessary Evil Pilsner, and so uh, the, you know we've had a few good Pilsners on the show uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, it smells. It smells like a. Um, it smells like a beer. Yeah, it smells like a beer with a little. Dankness on the background. I'm I'm picking up a little bit of, of a little of hoppy a, dankness. Yeah, I'm picking up. Uh, I was going to say a little bit of that malt and wheat kind of that brewery smell. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about when you walk into um, a craft brewery and it's got that wonderful yeast and hops and 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 barley smell in the air. I, I pick up a little of that on the nose. What are you getting this when you is taste it? Delicious. This has a little more hoppiness than I was expecting, but you kind of can smell it on the nose. Mm-hmm. But it's also got a sweetness that follows that hoppiness that just cleans up any bitterness that that you would have. You're, you're right. It's the sweetness is kind of on the finish there. It isn't really, it? yeah, really, and it's just this underlying sweetness that just sweeps through and cleans up all the bitterness mm-hmm. going on. Necessary evil. Uh, entertains the palate without fatiguing it. At first sip, you will detect a hint of floral character. I go with that, yeah. Yep, yep. That immediately tells you this isn't your ordinary pills. It's dry and crisp with a bit of our signature style to make it memorable. Necessary evil is refreshing in any situation. This I really like this because it puts this, uh, after the finish, you get this wonderful little tingle on the tongue. You're like, what flavor is that? You're trying to, and and makes you want another another drink. It finishes is, pretty dry. mm it does finish dry, but that sweetness just cleans it up, and then and it doesn't linger a lot. There's that that malty sweetness is is key to this beer. This is good. I guess it's a little maltier and a little hoppier than what you might normally expect from yeah. a pil- from a pilsner, but that is a big part of what makes it taste good. But it's, it's gives also it not like we say as much malty and hoppy as it has. It also is very well in the realm of uh, pilsner. It's not right a giant. It's not like an IPA or it's right, not like, right. It's not like trying to be a bigger beer than it is. Does the can say what the alcohol percentage is? Five point three percent. Five point three. So that's about ounces. like an IPA, I guess. You know, yeah, if it's well, not too IPAs can be Pilsner's five six seven. Four point five to five. Right. This is a hair more a hair than above that. that. I think. Yep. It says uh, it pairs well with tacos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's like a little uh, thought bubble or a, a word speech bubble. So I mm-hmm. guess it goes well with conversation maybe yeah yeah and then uh, so. it has a little um popsicle with a bite taken out and it says <clears throat> pool speaking of goes well with tacos today's drinking news coming up in our fifth segment goes well with tacos the the, the headline for us today is license registration and taco please oh yeah. i don't have a taco verse for drinking news but i should probably come <laughs> up with that. well you got a few segments if you want to uh, improvise <laughs> well, this is quite good. I've drained mine already. I so totally want more. Yeah, this is uh, this. this is quite good. Necessary Evil. Uh, they are out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, did you get this by any chance at uh, Specs? I did get it at Specs. Okay, because yes. I'm I'm going to buy this next time this I go is by. Brewed by Manhattan Project Beer Company out of Dallas. This is light and delicious with a kiss of sweetness. Pairs well with tacos. Yes, food. I like that. I, I realize you read that already, but I like the way that's uh, kind of written Here, on the can. I'll, that's I'll very that, cool. I showed that to the camera. That's so very cool. Pairs well with. Yep, yep, very cool. It's also a very understated can, and I saw several of their other beers, and the cans are a similar design. Same, same this kind is of a color. Points. What do we call this uh, design? Um, 
four points of the compass? I don't know. Is there a word for there it? Is a, there's a name for Ricky it. Ricky Bryan is with us today. Maybe he'll uh, be able to tell us what that, that north, south, east, west insignia is all about. So. Yes. All right. I tell you what, uh, Ian, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with a uh, second beer. This one, uh, for this one, we go to California and Moonraker Brewing Company. Uh We'll be trying their Space Nectar IPA plus the Rob Report. You remember we've I remember we've the talked Report, about yeah. the Rob Report before. I, I told you I used to subscribe to. It. I subscribed to it like for about a year because I thought it it made me feel like I was wealthy, and all I did was like look at pictures of people's private jets and stuff and go, <laughs> I, I'll never be <laughs> able. Yeah, it was things I can't I, afford. I, I thought it was going to be like inspiring you know mm-hmm. what i mean like like it would help me help me become but it, ambitious but it browbeat you a instead little bit. it depressed me yes <laughs> <laughs> so i don't subscribe anymore but their their lists are always interesting because when it comes to the rob report it's one of those well money is no object because they in fact i think they they kind of throw really expensive stuff in on purpose oh yeah uh, just because that's the vibe of the magazine they're like you think you're extravagant but they have released uh the nine uh, list of the nine best tequilas and even the sophisticated rob report says in their headline the nine best tequilas to try right now right now so everybody's getting in on the right now action uh so we'll uh, we'll take a look at that when we come back uh drinking news is on the way uh, more beer and a uh, a really interesting um single malt from scotland called Bonavon. thank you oh thank you for doing that thanks for being you know i'm gonna out. laugh when they come up and it's like that's not pronounced like that at all bunahabanananan or something <laughs> It's 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 been so great. Like uh, in doing the show, we've gotten to you know talk with some of the distillers from some of these great uh, you know whiskey companies in Scotland, and it's so great hearing them pronounce even just their own brand name because they say you know um, they say Glenmorangie in a way that neither you or I could ever say Glenmorangie. Glenmorangie, yes. and it sounds so much better when they say it. But uh, anyway, okay, we'll be right back with some more of that whiskey that Ian was talking about. Coming up on Smoking and Toasted. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, the uh, program that's all about craft beer. Fine spirits and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com because cigars. Because cigars. Uh, mycigarshirts.com has got great designs. They uh, start under 20 bucks, they're very reasonable. Uh, please go check them out. They are a sponsor of this show. So, you supporting them not only gets you cool shirts and sweatshirts and, and other gear, but it also helps support smoking and toasting. And you'll be and, wearing stuff that I say. That's right, because stuff Ian says seems to become shirts there, which is uh, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Which is pretty cool. Um, I I wanted to mention that Wiki Brian chimed in about the uh, about the north south east west uh, thing. He says, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's called the compass." <laughs> so thank you, thank you. He also mentioned, by the way, that the Rocky Patel website uh, has a video, a very intense video. He says for the quarter century. He actually says, uh, Wiki Brian says, perhaps a little too intense. So I'll have to go a watch that and see, see what that's all about. But uh, It's intense anyway. in here. Yeah, a it is intense. a little too intense. Bruce Willis in Bunabin. Um, <laughs> Bunabin. <laughs> see, I can't even get it right after all this time. It's an extra syllable in Bunabin. 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 Uh, oh, okay. So hold, okay. hold on a second. So while, while you were... 
while you were while I, I was I looked it up uh, because I asked the Google how to pronounce Bunahaban, and it comes up with a um, English guy or mm-hmm. not English guy, but um, probably a Scottish uh, guy. Scottish guy sitting in a big chair. And what does he say? And he looks. He's got a look on his face here. Let's see here. This is a high tech show, so we actually show you the phone and yeah, iPad. Yeah, screens. look at the look on his face here. here. Oh looks, yeah, he's oh. he's it, it just went dark. Yeah, I but but he's he's pretty serious. I think that guy. Yeah, he looks he looks very serious about it. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to what he says. Here. Okay. Bunahaben. 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 Okay, I feel better now. So I Not that I had off. it right, but I feel better now. <laughs> Just knowing, I feel better. There's also uh, uh, <clears throat> there's also um, our producer pointed out there's another word on here that's spelled S T I U. I R E A D A I R. And how do you say that? Would you like to try it? Oh, not at all. Stewardoo. Stewardoo, sorry. Stewardoo. Man, I so. love hearing people with a really good Scottish accent. Stewardoo. It's Gaelic meaning helmsman. I remember back in, the, back in my alternative rock and roll radio days when the band Garbage came out. Uh, and Butch Vig, the uh, mega producer, is a drummer for Garbage, but the lead singer was Shirley Manson, who is mm-hmm. Scottish. And I remember she, they came in to do an interview, and it was mesmerizing to hear her talk. And all of the guys in the station that day were just following her around like little puppy dogs <laughs> just to hear her speak. It's just, it's just one of those things. Women with Scottish accents are wonderful. I suppose, I don't know, do women like men with Scottish accents? I, I don't know. I know they like like British accents, I think they think are cool. Well, Scottish you know, I, some different. general rules on pronouncing words. If it's a French <laughs> word, you pronounce like the first syllable and a half and they ignore and then every just other ignore letter. ignore everything else, yeah. Um, and in Gaelic, apparently, you uh, look at the long string of letters and mm-hmm. ignore all of them and pronounce it generally <laughs> differently than any of those. In a completely different way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm better at pronouncing things, uh, and I think it comes from the fact that I grew up in Texas, and there's so much rich Hispanic uh, and Mexican yeah, culture yeah. here. I'm a little you better at pronouncing yeah, the yeah. Uh, uh, the Spanish word. So when it comes to tequila, I can share with you reasonably well these, uh, these tequilas that are recommended by the Rob Report. Nine tequilas that you should drink right now. Right now. And when the Rob Report starts saying right now in capital letters... You know this is caught on. This is a trend. This is the, it's a this real is, thing. It's a real thing. Uh, the first one that they give us is uh, Riazul Extra Añejo. Now, here's one of the things I will tell you in advance. I really appreciate about this list with the Rob Report. They've almost every one of these tequilas is an Añejo or an Extra Añejo. And sometimes when we get these lists, and they're listing the Blanco, uh, the Blanco, or uh, you know, I'm like, well, why didn't they? I mean, is the Blanco really better than the Añejo? And this. In this tequila line, because most things, most tequilas that I've tried, and I've tried a lot, I may enjoy the Blanco for what it is. I may enjoy the Reposado for what it is. But if I'm going to have a little bit to sip, it's almost always going to be the Añejo or the the Extra Añejo if I can afford it. The deal is, uh, provided you have the same companies, uh, Silver, Reposado, and Añejo, or Extra Añejo, it all starts from that. Silver or white or right. whatever it they want the to call it. it starts with the right. same distillate, and so is it. Is it going to be true that the uh, that the unaged 
one is going to be better than the aged versions with added flavor and right. added complexity. It, it might be a really good unaged I'm going to say but... most of the time probably not. Now, right. there's always exceptions to rules, but I'm going to go ahead and put that up there in the like 80 to 90% that Well, we had the uh Sammy Hagar uh, has that uh, new tequila out yes. that we tried and that was a Blanco. Uh-huh. And I don't even think he's got uh, older uh you know iterations of it out yet. I thought for a Blanco, it was really good. Like, it was very smooth, had interesting flavors. But I don't think it's going to be better than the Añejo when he eventually releases that. Most know? people don't sit around and sip the Blancos, though, right. in general. That's generally a good point. Spe- speaking, if you're going to sit around and drink tequila, you're going to probably sit around and drink more of the Reposado or the Añejo. Yes, I think you're right. Speaking so, of drinking. Speaking of drinking, why don't you get that started, and I'll share with you these here's, tequilas. Here's drinking sounds. Okay, go for it. Ooh, that one, that one came out really, oh, yeah. really well, really well. So the Riazul Extra Añejo, they say you can practically feel the elegance uh, emanating from the bottle. It is, an, uh, it is a tequila that spends its first three years maturing in American ex-bourbon barrels before receiving a robust final year in, Olo- in, in Oloroso sherry cast. The uh, result, they say, is a thick blanket of marzipan, molasses, and honey linked with a thread of sweetness from the estate-grown Highland agaves that have been harvested to make this tequila. Every bottle hand-numbered and presented in a wooden gift box. It's $148, which I will say is right around the price point of the uh, Reserva de la Familia, which Mm -hmm. is my absolute favorite tequila of all time. So it's got some tall competition at that at that price point, I, I, have, I don't think I've ever met anybody that's tried Reserva de la Familia and said, hmm, In that that's s- not e- worth right, it. Right, right, exactly. Even though it's expensive. I mean, I don't buy a lot of anything that's at that price point, but that that's one that I will. In fact, I don't have any now, and it makes me a little sad. So, <laughs> uh, so I may have to rectify that soon. Uh, next on the list, the Casa Dragones Barrel Blend Añejo. Um, fans of their crystal clear... Uh, uh, tequilas, they say, which include connoisseurs and mixologists and celebrity chefs, now have a new reason to rejoice. The uh, Casa Dragones company has skipped over the Reposado category entirely, and they have released this as their barrel blend Añejo tequila. It is also $150 a bottle, retail price, after being separately aged for more than a year in each of the two types of barrels. Uh, there are French oak barrels from five different forests and American oak barrels from Missouri and Pennsylvania. After more than a year in each of those two types of barrels, uh, they're blended together in small batches. And it's, they say, deep, woodsy, silky, herbaceous. and Herbaceous? A tequila worthy of the finest snifter. Uh, so that one gets their, uh, their, big, their big thumbs up. Are you playing with the sign? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Uh, 18,000. No, 1,800. Cristalino Añejo. Another new entry, they say, in what's becoming the fastest growing category within the tequila industry, which is the crystal Cristalino, the, the filtered clear tequilas. Uh, it starts out with the 1,800 Añejo, which is aged for 16 months in both American and French oak barrels. Uh, before being blended, it's a $65 tequila, so it makes the list at less than 100 $65 is more still pretty pricey tequila-wise. Yeah. Well, it is. Now, the next one is El Tequilino Reposado Rare. So here's a Reposado 
that's selling for $225 a bottle. What? Mm-hmm. Now, Reposado is aged for, what, three <coughs> yeah. months? They say this, this under-the-radar tequila has been around for more than 60 years, but this newest expression, they say, may bring it into the spotlight as one of the most unique tequilas in its category. They say, think of it as an extra-aged Reposado, but with much more depth. They say the tequila's aged for up to six years, so quite frankly, they could call it Añejo. It would be it would be plenty of aging, plenty enough aging well, for it to be Why do they call Añejo. it Reposado? I don't know. Uh, th- that, in fact, uh, up to uh, six years would actually classify it extra. as an extra yeah, Añejo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, they say um, the Mexican law states that extra Añejo can only be aged in barrels of 600 liters or less. These were aged in huge American oak barrels called a pipon, which can hold well over 20,000 liters. So that's why they can't classify it as an añejo oh. or an extra añejo. But it's got the same amount of aging. It's just that the barrels are larger. So they have to call it a reposado. Yeah. Okay. So they call it reposado rare, and they say it's got notes of honey and vanilla in the bouquet, and it's absolutely delicious, and it's $225 per bottle. And then they... List of Jose Cuervo, but it's not the one that I love so much. It's, it's not a friend of yours? <clears throat> no, it's not. It's a $33 bottle of Jose Cuervo Tradicional Añejo. And I don't know if I've had this. Now, I don't think I have either. Uh, they say uh, you might not want to think of mixing Irish whiskey with your glass of Añejo, but that's what uh, Jose Cuervo's master distiller, Alex Coronado, was intrigued by the similarities in textures between his double-distilled tequilas and certain triple-distilled Irish whiskeys. So he started experimenting with a number of different Bushmills whiskey casks before selecting second- and third-filled casks to add complex spice notes and mellow smoothness to Jose Cuervo's Añejo, and was then finished up for four months in Bushmills single malt What's it whiskey called? barrel. It is called Jose Cuervo Tradicional Añejo. And I'm going to tell you, I don't see that. I'm, sounds I'm looking so at the interesting. Bottle. I feel like we have to try that. This is going to be a, uh, I'll, I'll enlarge, well, it's hard to do here. Um, maybe I can just show, maybe you can just show that picture to the camera without, uh, that's what it looks like. And I'm not used to seeing that on. My shelves. I see the regular tequila from Jose Cuervo. Right. I see the eighteen hundred. Bottle looks totally different. And yeah, and, and this is a very different bottle. So now, if you remember when we had Liliana on, she brought a uh, a Cuervo. Uh, was an old uh, Cuervo traditional. Was a Blanco. Remember right. that bottle looked more like this one. Yeah. So anyway, very interesting. So those are the tequilas that. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to include the uh, two of them: the Corazon and Yeho aged in William Larue Weller barrels. Um, no price listed on this one. Uh, and then there is the Penta Añejo. The Penta Añejo, they say, it's made from Blue Weber. It is $150, and they describe it as rich and creamy with multiple layers of vanilla, molasses, roasted brown sugar, cinnamon, and nutmeg. That's a lot of flavors. That's a lot of things going on here. So there's your list of tequilas from the Rob Report for right now. And I want to point out that I have. it has not escaped my notice. That my friend Ian here, who is not the most IPA friendly of the people on this show, has I'm a little just, critical of the IPAs. You are, and and that's fine. But you've just gone back for seconds on this Moonraker IPA, which we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. But this is from uh, Moonraker Brewing in Auburn, California. It's their Space Nectar IPA. Talk to me, Goose. When I um, 
was very first introduced to IPAs. Yeah. I think the first introduction I can remember was at a brewery in Galveston. It's no longer there. And um, my band used to play there. And the brewmaster up there, every time we came in, would always come and be like, hey, look what I'm brewing now. Mm -hmm. Because we got along pretty well because I love beer. Love having friends like that. And he brewed... An IPA before I. This was way before IPA became the thing. The thing, right? Yeah. You know? And you could, he would pour a glass of it, and you would and set it in front of you, and you could smell the floral deliciousness mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there from it. This smells like that. Um, this has a malt backbone to it um, that stands up to all the hops the entire way through the palate. And it's also not a very heavy drink. It's very light and drinkable. It actually looks way. like it's going to be much heavier than and more viscous. It than also it is. looks like it's going to be a juicy IPA. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't come across. Now, see, I'm I'm pulling plenty of citrus, so I would put it. There is. Citrus, I would put but it I in the juicy category because it doesn't taste like orange juice. See, I'm getting I'm getting mixed citrus all over the place though. Um, the multi profile in this holds this. It really ties the whole thing together. It ties the IPA. It's together. almost like it's almost like the marriage of an East and West Coast IPA um, in, into, and it into has one beer. Plenty of hops, plenty of hops to make you think, "Oh, wow, this is definitely big IPA." Mm-hmm. But then it has that sweetness and uh, from the malt uh, coming right after that and finishing it up. This, well, I think it's delicious. Is an outstandingly balanced IPA right here. This is <clears throat> one of the better ones we've even had on the show. I think. Wow, wow, that's that's high praise. I would definitely put this in my buy again, buy often category. Um, Moonraker uh, again out of Auburn, California. The, and, uh, uh, keep it cold and drink this today. Does um, it say if this is a, a limited on the can if it's a limited release it say or anything? There's hmm. almost no information on the can. Although the graphics pretty cool. It's kind of like Saturn mm-hmm. dripping. And it's got it, they use that very spacey uh font yeah, yeah, yeah. for space nectar. And uh, of course, the Moonraker, that was the title of a James Bond movie, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, good stuff. That's delicious. This is fantastic. This is uh, a great I, IPA. I, I get all excited whenever you like an IPA. And and I know that that makes it sound like I'm saying you don't like IPAs, no, which this, I know and, is not the case. And you said this has citrus. But you're, this has, you're just pickier. See, to me, this is not orange. Like, all all juicy IPAs just, I mean, they taste a lot like orange juice. I'm not saying that in a disparaging way, even though I say it with a disparaging voice. Um, <laughs> no, they all, taste, they all taste a bit like orange juice. This is a little more... Um, a little more grapefruit on it, um, on the finish, and um, and then a sweetness there that really doesn't have anything to do with grapefruit or orange juice. There's right. a sweetness that's definite malt, but then again, it's not it's not uh, in a weird way. It's 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 right there. It follows the entire palate, and and is a nice roundness to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the flavor it, it, it this. definitely has a roundness to yes. it. Um, Adam on the Wheels of Steel is our producer, and he has a very balanced palate. Adam, what was your take on this? Did you like this? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, delicious? Okay. The man a few words with this, he but says, he says, I'm for it. Uh, he's for it. <laughs> he's learning from you. <laughs> Beer good. <laughs> Beer good. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think it's delicious. In fact, thank you for pouring me more because I'm going to enjoy this while we take I, our it's break. It's absolutely outstanding. And when we return, uh, we will taste the. 
Boonhaven. Thank you. Uh, yes, that whiskey that I brought in today <laughs> that Ian does a great job of pronouncing. Boonhaven. Uh, it is a, a single malt, and we will be uh, getting to it uh, next on the program. Plus, drinking news is still on the way, and uh, cocktails to make for Halloween coming up next. It's smoking and toasting. Ian playing along on the ukulele. <laughs> you don't you don't think of the ukulele as a I'll 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 play along. I'll bring my ukulele. Like that doesn't have the same you know it doesn't have the same impact you know. Uh, but thank you. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, you're uh, listening to Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program and podcast. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My erstwhile uh, partner is Ian Barry. Uh, Adam is on the wheels of steel, and we are bringing you a show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Show number two hundred and nine today, and we are brought to you by the fine folks at MyCigarShirts.com because. Cigars. Yes, and you should check them out because the shirts start under 20 bucks, and uh, they're really cool. Uh, I think uh, my cigar shirts needs a theme song. Oh. Do you have one for me? No. Do you want to make my up one on the spot? Shirts, my cigar shirts. I want to have my cigar shirts. I like it. I like it very much. <laughs> I particularly like the grin you had on your face at the end there. That was that was just absolutely perfect. So, all right. So I'm going to share uh, some cocktails with you for Halloween. Now, this year's Halloween is so weird, right? Because of coronavirus. Because usually Halloween is, you know, you get the kids all dressed up in costumes. You go door to door. I'm sure there'll be some of that, but it's going to be a lot of it. I'm sure not happening. Right. Uh, for, for the door to door candy thing, and then I spent. A number of years working in, you know, uh, bars and clubs and Halloween night and the weekend of Halloween were always some of our biggest nights of the year. Everybody loves to come out and party. It's a big it's a big drinking Halloween ho- holiday. A great party. And of course, people have Halloween parties at their house and people go over in costume and so much of that won't be happening this year. But you can still get into the holiday Halloween vibe. By making some cocktails on your own. I want to describe a few of them that I found on a great article at liquor.com, which, by the way, if if you don't have that bookmarked, that should be one of your Liquor.com is one of those websites that you should always have bookmarked Mm -hmm. because it's entertaining. It's a great place to be. I will have Adam include this this URL in the show notes uh, when the show uh, posts for the podcast. Uh, but if you are just listening and you don't, you, know, you don't feel like going and finding it, just go to liquor.com and search Halloween cocktails, and this article will come up. And I'm telling you, it's very cool. The first cocktail is called Let's Pumpkin, which, by the way, is a saying in, uh, in uh, 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 Oklahoma. But I digress. Um, homemade fall spice syrup is about to become your new favorite cocktail component. It's a lightly sweet blend of cardamom, star anise, nutmeg, ginger, cinnamon, cloves, and orange, which adds rich fall flair to any recipe, but works particularly well in this. 
So it's homemade fall spice syrup. You can get the recipe on this. Fall spice yeah. syrup. And, and so they say you add this uh, with bourbon, ginger liqueur, pumpkin puree, and then apple, lemon, and pineapple juices. This is sounding delicious. And then you great. serve it all in a hollowed-out pumpkin uh, topped with toasted marshmallow for a stunning presentation. And there's a great picture here. I won't try to share all these pictures, Do you? but uh, that is totally worth your while to try to make that. Do you carve pumpkins? I have in the past. I have not for the past couple of years. Do you? Um, occasionally. Yeah. And I love getting all the pumpkin seeds out. And uh, my wife will clean them up, and then we'll roast them in the oven. Oh, that's great! I love roasted it's pumpkin so seeds. So good! Like that's that's just one of those treats, and you can't mm. get it. Like you can have pumpkin seeds any time of the year, buy them in a little packages. It's yeah. not even close to the same. I like those, but it's not the same as when you uh, roast them yourself. So, uh, the next uh, cocktail on the list is uh, one that was originally created as a hangover cure, <laughs> uh, but it's called the Corpse Reviver Number Two, and it's great for uh, creating one too. They say it's a shaken mix of gin, orange liqueur, lily blanc, and fresh lemon juice, and it's delicious enough, they say, to raise the dead. But when it's strained into an absinthe rinsed glass, they say that when that's when it gets really spooky. Oh, an absinthe rinsed glass. It, it looks like, in the photo, it looks like the, the color and the consistency of a margarita, but without the ice. So I'm thinking I'm thinking that looks interesting. I may try to make that this uh, Halloween. Did you uh, notice how good it smells in here all of a sudden? Is that because of the... Uh, the uh, Bonhaben? Yeah, the fact that you've poured the, poured the uh, Bonhaben? Mm -hmm. How'd I do? Bonhaben, yes. I, I was almost close there. Uh, let me share uh, just another one of these with you real quick before we taste the Bonhaben. The Jack-O-Lantern Punch. It can be made as a single serving or a big batch. Whole cloves and ground nutmeg bring the autumn spice to rum and lemon and apple juice with a dash of sugar adding sweetness and club soda keeping it fizzy. They say garnish it with apple slices and cinnamon sticks and pumpkin seeds, and you've got the perfect Halloween spirit. And again, the recipes for all this are on this article at liquor.com. That's a harder thing to do in a in a podcast to, to share recipes. But go and get I mean, this looks delicious. That sounds all awesome. of these look delicious. And if you're looking to, you know, this would be a good year to try it out. Because you're probably at home on your own this year. Try it out, and if it works, you can serve it at next year's send, Halloween party. My wife loves to try different recipes for drinks. Yeah? She just loves, and she's creative about it, too. Mm -hmm. So sometimes she's like, this recipe makes some sense, but let me put this in it. And she, um, I'm going to have to forward this to her. Cause, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, she'll love this. Coming up, I'll tell you about the Grave Digger, the Devil's Margarita, and the Snickertini. The but, Snickertini? Yes. But first, let's taste a little uh, Bonabin. I'm just enjoying Like, this smells so good. It is. It's an interesting... Okay, so, wh Ian, what is that What is that smell that you can detect on the nose here that you do not get from, let's say, a bourbon? There's... Well, so, first off, the vanilla is having a huge influence on everything. That's what... Man, that's what it In is. This, I think like, the vanilla um, is, like, really, really resplendent. Because, uh, because you're getting a lot of, a lot of fruitiness. Uh, yes, fruity but then and the vanilla. vanilla added to the fruitiness, and then you're getting some of the spice and the and vanilla a, added. To almost the spice. a little butteriness too on the on the. Yeah, nose. there's definitely a little bit of that. But what's interesting too is you get a little bit of a, almost a smoky, 
kind of nose to it as well. This made one of those right now lists that we uh, that we had previously on the show. I don't remember which one now. Oh, the retro hail on this. We go through a lot of those. Oh, you're liking the retro hail. Absolutely, to die for. Hmm. The sherry cask. Ooh, I think definite is, sherry cask. Uh, the sherry cask influence on this is huge. So you're you're absolutely right, Ian. The finish and the retro hail are where this shines. Like, ah, uh, uh, smells so good. It's um, it's even hard to describe. It's so complex. It's like. There's a uh, there's a warm smell in there, like the like the like the oak astringency that's that's going on mm -hmm. in there. You kind of smell a little bit of that oak. You, the 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 vanillins are are so huge in this. It's got the it, sherry cask uh, darkness to the fruity flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's influence. definitely a darker fruit uh, flavor. Dates and and raisins and um, wow, pretty good. The um, There's a there's a nuttiness, there's a like a hazelnut kind of thing going mm -hmm. on in this. There's a there's a the oak influence on the finish is amazing. The hug, the warmth that you oh, get from Oh, the whiskey this, hug is like a a, a full-on like, embrace. This is exactly what you want sitting in front of a fire in the middle of winter. It like has that winter feel hug. to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Well, it has those earthy kind of uh kind of uh spices to it those kind of down home i can uh, almost see the crackling fire you hear the crackling of the fire and see the flames in front of me i want to smoke a pipe with this oh wouldn't that be great and you could even go with some of that that sweeter more uh cavendish type uh, tobacco would blend well with this there's something in there i'm trying let's see what the uh, label says here yeah uh, and it, it has a lot of really long words that look very scottish to me um, a complex malt with a rich sherry influence and aromas of fruit, nuts, and spice. Well, I think we covered all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're for Stewardur it. is a word that has a lot more letters than the syllables. Um, <laughs> is a tribute to the sea and its influence on our distillery. Maybe that's it. There's a little... Um, Almost like a sea salt yeah, uh, vibe Yeah, I would go there. with yes. that just a little bit. As you um, said that, I could kind of detect it in in the uh, our our blender has head. carefully selected casks with spirit of varying <clears throat> ages uh, from our shoreside distillery warehouses to create this distinctive dram and its rich, uh, characterful heart, typical of Bunahaban. Matured in sherry casks. You can it has a sense of dried fruit. We covered that caramel, yeah, could, caramel, vanilla. You can definitely tell the sherry cask with influence. a nutty, creamy taste. We covered all that and long, fruity finish. This is, uh, this it's hard. Like everything that they say on there is true, and and what we said, we kind of covered that. It's hard to nail down, like, to describe what this actually tastes like. Yeah, it, it's a bit hard to describe, it's isn't it? So incredibly interesting. If you're looking for a scotch that has. Um, an incredibly interesting flavor and and bouquet overall is this is unbelievably fun. This is one of those times when I really appreciate your understanding of the the flavor profiles in whiskey because everything that you said just seems so spot on, but it would have been much harder for me to articulate. You you really I think nailed it on this. This is one of the more interesting. 
whiskeys the, we've had on the show in a long it's time. It's interesting because now that when I read that and they talk about the seaside thing, it's the I mentioned the oak earlier, but it's a salty oak kind mm-hmm. of thing going on. It's really interesting because it has that oak astringency, but there's a little twang it, to it. It really does call to mind an image of a distillery on a rocky shore, and you're watching the waves kind of splash yeah. up against yeah. the shore next to it. Not that that would influence the flavor, but somehow with a light snow coming down, with, while yes, you're exactly in front of the e- fire. Exactly, that's that's uh, that's perfect. Well, uh, I'm for it. I will say that. What's your what's your overall take? Uh, it's delicious. You I, know, this I, is this is I only absolutely, about absolutely absolutely enjoying it. It's only about a thirty dollar bottle. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's not an expensive single malt. That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All right, well, yeah. Uh, go out and buy this yeah. if for nothing else, because this is not your typical. This is spicier than most. Um, right. And if you're looking for something to put on your whiskey shelf that's going to be completely different from the bourbons and the, you know, more oaky type of uh, of things that you've got there, yeah. I mean, this is a great candidate for that. It has a just a just a hint of smoke to it. It doesn't have peat. It's right. Not a lot of I that wondered going actually on. if it was if it was peated at first, but it's um, not. But it's. It's incredibly interesting and complex, and you say it's thirty-ish. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Like, yeah, that's incredibly complex. And it's pronounced Bunaben. Bunaben. Doesn't that sound like some sort of secret Batman word? You know what I should have been doing is every time you say "how's it pronounced," I should say it the exact same way with like a weird hesitation before <laughs> it. It's pronounced Bunaben. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that totally works for me. But it, doesn't it se- doesn't it seem like maybe that's a Batman villain or something? <laughs> Damn it, maybe. Robin! The Bunahabin is loose in the city. Um, yeah, this and and then on top of that, the whole um, I just drained mine, so that tells you something there. <laughs> mm-hmm. The whole uh, the whole complexity of spices. This would go amazing with almost any dessert. Mm-hmm. I think because of the profile of it, like any mm-hmm. any like. Like pumpkin pie or pecan pie. Oh yes, yes. Um, anything. I'm looking at this Snickertini whipped cream uh, topping. You know, tell me about the Snickertini. I, I will tell it. you about that. This is one uh, another of the drinks that is uh, uh, described in this Liquor.com Halloween cocktails article. The Snickertini. If you don't get any candy bars in your trick or treat, or you don't get to go trick or treating. Mix up a batch of these instead. Caramel and chocolate sauce help create a beautiful presentation inside a glass that's filled with a sweet mix of caramel-flavored vodka, which that sounds awesome. I have some at my house. Bailey's Irish Cream. I have some at my house. house. (laughs) Uh, Chocolate liqueur, amaretto, and a dash of heavy cream. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, and and it looks just absolutely. I have delicious. no idea where my wife got the idea, but about two or three weeks ago, we had to go buy some salted caramel, um, or some caramel flavored vodka and um, and and the stuff you know the caramel stuff that you put yes. on your ice cream. Yes, like the the so right right. And yeah. then she got some uh, some kosher salt. And she puts Ooh. that stuff around the rim of the uh, martini glass, mm-hmm. and then salts the caramel and then Sweet. pours in this caramel flavored martini and it's a salted caramel oh, martini oh. ridiculously good yeah i will say I've, I've had these in a number of places but the best chocolate martini i've ever had 
was at a bar here in Houston called the Davenport. They make lots of different the martinis. The Davenport rocks. The Davenport made a great. Are they still around? Chuck. I haven't been there in ages. I, you know, I haven't driven by in a while. It used to be kind of on my path, and it yeah, isn't yeah. since I moved downtown. But uh, but I think it may still be open. My buddy Alex used to work there, man. I used to. Uh, they used make to go some of the often. best martinis ever. Yeah, ever. And their chocolate martini. It's just like having a milkshake, except yeah, uh, except yeah. alcohol. Uh, I want to share one more of these drinks with you, and then we'll take a break. When we come back, drinking news. And our final beer, which is, uh, I think, going to be very, very interesting because it's a farm ale that's been um, aged in bourbon cast that is a pumpkin beer. A pumpkin farm ale. Yeah, see, perfect. We're, we got the Halloween theme going on. But I do want to share one final drink with you uh, from this list. There's a number of them. I didn't mention them all. Go check out the list at liquor.com. It's totally worth it. But I love this one, uh, and it's simple. You can make this just from hearing me describe it. It's called Death in the Afternoon. Oh. And it's a simple two-ingredient mix that is said to have been created by Ernest Hemingway. It is, uh, it's got an eerie yet elegant green hue to it, green color, which makes it ideal for Halloween spooky sipping. It's a simple two-ingredient mix, a combination of absinthe and champagne. Ha! Think about that. Like the 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 sort of dark licorice-ness of the absinthe bubbles. and the champagne bubbles and the sweetness. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. So I believe they may even be equal parts. Go get the recipes to these and all the other drinks because if you're throwing a Halloween party, these are great. Plus, just to be able to say that you're serving death in the afternoon. Death in the afternoon. That's pretty cool, don't you think? All right, we'll take a quick break. We will come back. Uh, we're going to be tasting uh, one final beer today, as promised. It is the Rum Barrel Pumpkin. Uh, from I, I said bourbon uh, barrels, but it's not. It's rum barrels. Uh, it's aged in rum barrels, and it is from the folks at Hardywood Park Craft Brewery in Richmond, Virginia. We'll be tasting that. Plus, get your ukuleles out, friends. It's time for drinking news when we come back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back, my friends. It is Smoking and Toasting, the uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. This is an open appeal. Support these guys because they support Smoking those and Toasting. Those are cool shirts, and they, do, the and they do have really cool shirts. And they started under 20 bucks. It's not like one of those sites where you go and go, oh, this is really cool, and you click on the T-shirt, and it's $56 because oh. there's plenty of those out there. Yeah. Have you seen the um, uh, um, Bill Murray golf shirts? mm mm-hmm. <laughs> they're incredibly expensive. They're cool, though. There's some cool, cool ones. But how much are they? They're but like they're, yeah, they're like seventy bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. mean, you see a lot of that out there. These are not that way. They're very affordable and they're very cool. I've uh, got one of them myself. They're very you know they're very cool. You, you've got one. It's comfortable. I mean, seventy bucks to cover up your nipples. You know, I can just use tape. Yeah, exactly. But you don't have to do that with mycigarshirts.com. You know why? Because cigars. Thank you. I was glad that you noticed. Uh, by the <laughs> way, Bruce Stark uh, checked in. Apparently, he took a look at the uh, uh, at the recipe for that uh, drink we were describing uh the uh, death in the afternoon he says it's one and a half ounces of absinthe four and a half ounces of champagne that makes sense to me because the absinthe is going to be a stronger flavor than the champagne so that would be probably about the right uh, uh, about the right amount of balance so ladies and gentlemen we've reached the point in the show that we inevitably reach we can no longer hold back it's time for drinking news 
I came up with an intro. Mm. Actually, it's just sh me shredding on a... <laughs> you shredding on the ukulele. Anyway. Do, they call, do they call it yuka shredding? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of the ukulele shredders. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. So gather a cup while we gathered round. Saddle up while we drink them down. I got a story and I swear it's true. So now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. A Florida man. Oh, do we need a verse for that? Yeah, go ahead. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I tried to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. My favorite news. verse. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. I don't know why so many of these stories start with this <laughs> phrase, but they do. They just seem to. A Florida man I love that. failed to realize that a taco is not a legal form of identification. Matthew, um, I don't understand what the problem with that is. Matthew Faulkner found this out the hard way after he passed out drunk in the drive-thru. And by the way, let me just, let me just say... Drinking news stories are not necessarily about drinking. Sometimes they're not about drinking at all. Sometimes they're just stories that are good to hear while you are drinking. But in this case, and in the case of a few of the other ones, yeah, there's some drinking involved. Matthew Faulkner found out the hard way after he passed out drunk in the drive-thru of a Jensen Beach, Florida Taco Bell, and his car caught fire. <laughs> so, so think about this. A, you're drunk. Oh, B, shit. you're in a drive-thru at the Taco Bell. C, you pass out. And Ooh. D, your car chooses that moment to catch fire. That is a hell of an evening right there. <laughs> Uh, well, that wasn't all that happened. The incident occurred in the early morning, you know, imagine that, of October 1st in Jensen Beach, Beach, according to the blog, Off the Beat, which I will now be adding to my favorites uh, on my uh, uh, my internet uh, uh, explorer. We'll just put that right up on newsfeed. The 30-year-old Faulkner had apparently decided to make a run for a fourth meal after downing some beers, and somehow he made it all the way to the fast food joint in his Chevy pickup, placed his order, and received his taco before <clears throat> falling asleep. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes you got to nap out a while. The Taco Bell manager had to call police because he was out cold at the pickup window and was holding up the customers behind him. Yeah, I, I'd have been pissed. I'd be like, come on, dude, what'd you order? You know? Right. You ever, you ever do that? You're, you're in the pickup line at a, at a fast food place, and you're like... What did these people order? How right, could it possibly right. be taking so long? And then 20 minutes uh, later, they hand out like a tiny bag. Yeah. Clearly, this You're is like, not a... Yeah. Clearly, this is not a victimless crime. No. Our hearts go out to the people who had to wait for their late night. I mean, it's two in the morning. You're, you're up for fourth meal at Taco Bell. 
you're pretty desperate to get those tacos or nachos or whatever it is that you order. And if you wanted to wait that long, you would have gone to Whataburger, which would have been delicious in the end. Yes, eventually. But Whataburger is only very, <clears throat> very loosely fast yes. food. Yes, yes, uh, but it but it is delicious. It's so good when you get uh, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna. You yeah, have to go there on so the way good, home now. So good when you get I'll it. have to put some extra time in my afternoon. Uh, a deputy, th- the story isn't over, by the way. A deputy sheriff awoke Faulkner in his car and then asked for his ID. Faulkner first said no and then reached into his bag and presented the officer with a taco. <laughs> Another deputy clarified that they were asking for an ID, not a taco. Faulkner chuckled and then began eating the taco. (laughs) The deputies noticed he had fallen asleep with his foot on the accelerator while the truck was in park, and the engine caught fire. They had to use fire extinguishers to put it out. His blood alcohol content, according to a breath test, uh, between 227 and 225. Uh, That's three times the legal limit. So he was hauled off to jail on DUI charges. No word on the fate of the taco. Cheers, y'all. That that was a good one. That that was one. Yeah, it started with a Florida man. Yeah, almost any time you start with a Florida man, you know you're going to be able to pay off with something decent. I don't know why. I need to. I, I'm going to come up with a new uh, Florida man. Um, new Florida man verse. Verse. I think for next week. I don't know. I love the current Florida man verse. Well, it's a you good know, one. It's, it's such a rich, rich environment. And by the way. The photo that about. the photo that I asked Adam to put up of the taco during that story may or may not be the actual taco <laughs> from the incident in question. Let's hope it wasn't. ID this copper. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, raise your hand if you've ever been drunk enough that you might have put your uh, your taco out as a uh, as an as an ID. No, my hand betrays me. I tried to tell it not to. Uh, Ian, let's uh, let's have your hand grab that uh, Hardywood Barrel Series uh, Farmhouse Ale here. This I'm very excited about this. Uh, more excited than I usually am for a farmhouse ale. Uh, I've, we've this had some really, fun. we've had some really good ones. We got there's something about this that looks fun. This it has is, the whole like champagne cork. It on is it. from the Hardywood Craft Brewery. They are out of Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, and it's got the champagne cork top. I'm just waiting. I appreciate your patience at getting that open there. Interesting. That was more of a thunk. Yeah, than, well, than I, I mean, the deal is you could let it shoot off across yeah, the Yeah, of course, but I appreciate that you didn't uh, actually do that. So, but Being as we're in a sound studio. I yeah, probably that cork bouncing around might not be the greatest thing. So so here we go. This is a rum barrel pumpkin farmhouse ale. It was aged, obviously, Ooh, in rum barrels. Pass that by your nose and, as you uh, uh, hand it on. Oh, holy moly. So I get I get the funk of the farmhouse ale. And I get some the definite funk of forty thousand years. And I get some definite uh, pineapple as well. Uh, it's pineapple, pumpkin. pumpkin. I don't know why oh, I said yeah, pineapple. It's pumpkin. I don't know why I said pineapple. Maybe from the uh, you're thinking Hawaii, cocktails, not Halloween. The cocktails we were they both describing start with earlier. the letter H. Yeah, perhaps. Wow, this is so good on the nose. It's got r- such a richness to it. Oh, orange peel, pumpkin. Yeah, some some of that you know raisin. Halloween. Halloween holiday spice, um, the, the, the the funk, the uh, the great saison like farmhouse ale, kind of funkness oh. to it. It's a uh, 
Oh my god. I haven't even tried it yet. Ian. What else is going on? There's a there's a bright flavor in there that's um uh, smells amazing. I'm just waiting for you to try this. This is delicious. Wow. It's really good. Now, there's some flavors in there I wasn't expecting based on the nose. I've only had a little sip. This is so you're right on the... Mm-hmm. Don't even say right on the nose. No, this uh, this actually smells and tastes almost exactly the same. Now, see, I'm pulling stuff out on the finish I didn't get on the nose. There's two sips in. I'm only one. It's definitely a farmhouse oh, ale. Graham cracker. A graham cracker and apple on the finish. I go with apple. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's like a green tart mm -hmm. apple. Mm -hmm. mm. Um Granny Smith. This is really, really interesting. First of all, the pumpkin the is definitely there, but it's not one of those things that's like all pumpkin. It's it's very prominent, yeah. But it is not. It is not overpowering. Agreed. Um, the carbonation is perfect. Mm -hmm. Like there's enough part uh, enough bleh, carbonation to tickle the tongue. Yes. But and make the uh, flavors dance a little bit, mm -hmm. but not enough to be distracting. It's it's and absolutely perfect. I'll tell you one of the things, and I haven't brought a lot of them onto the show because I because I haven't been crazy about them, but. I've tried a number of IPAs lately that I felt like were overcarbonated, and to me it killed them because carbonation can you, make or break. You want the way some, don't get me wrong, but sometimes there's there's a little too much. This though, I agree with you. The carbonation is balanced I bought a, perfectly. Uh, I bought a beer last week because uh, it looked interesting. Uh, it was called Little Snack or something like that. It was. It was uh, made with not uh, a Montucky cold snack. No, not that. Oh, okay. This was made with. Um, oh, I know what you're with Beaver nuggets. Yes, it, from it, Chuck uh, from uh, Bucky's. From Bucky's, okay. And I got it home, and it looked really interesting. But it was super overcarbed. Like when you mm -hmm. pour it in a glass, you can't drink it for a while because it's so carbed. Like it just like you pour a third of the glass in, and it's. And it's foamed up to the top. Well, this is so like as a mistake over carb. Once you let it settle down, it's actually a pretty decent drink. This is actually quite a quite a fizzy beer on the tongue. It's but it doesn't disrupt you from getting the flavors. It helps you. No, no, it's carved perfect for yeah. what you want it to be. The uh, agreed. Mm. <clears throat> Ian, take a take a look at the bottle and remind me of the ABV on this. Um, oh, this is this is kind of a wimpy twelve point three percent. Oh well, it doesn't case. even come across as boozy. You notice no, there it are doesn't. Whole That's one of the reasons I was asking. I remember one of us said, "Wow, it's really boozy" because it doesn't yeah. come across. But it's got that farmhouse uh, funk to it, that overripeness because there's banana following. That's the For banana. Sure. That's what I was trying yeah. to remember mm -hmm. that I was tasting in there. That's that banana after. Uh, taste going on over ripe banana like like this banana should have been used in in, in banana bread like two days ago <laughs> and that's when it's best by the way yeah in the, in the, in the bananas best kind of way bread. Oh, it's, it's oh, man. super good well I, I i'm really impressed by this in fact i'd go so far as to say that it's the type of farmhouse ale that if you're a little standoffish about that genre 
This is one to try. This is well. This is extraordinary though, and it's in its depth though, because this isn't just a you know slap together, put some uh, pumpkin spices. This is incredibly right. good. Right. It's not like they came up with a pumpkiny beer and added some autumn spices to it. This is a really a, a also, concoction of wonder. This is a. I want. I want to point something out. This is a farmhouse pumpkin ale aged in rum barrels. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's assume that it was in a rum barrel for I don't know minimum of three months. Okay. When did they start making this? Right, like last. They literally last are, This October? is a very forward-thinking <laughs> yeah. company, right? Yeah, no here. kidding. Well, <laughs> it's kind of like you know when whenever an artist releases an album at Christmas of holiday songs, and you realize they had to record this like back in May, yeah, or July. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, kind of hard to get into the holiday spirit uh, for most people in May or July. So but. my biggest problem with this is that I drank it already. Mm-hmm. So I had to refill. Oh yeah, you I seem too. to have encountered a similar problem. Yes, yes, and, it's, it's uh, that. And, uh, but no, look and, how silky and smooth it pours into the glass. And, and too. look at the color. Got, this is this is almost looks like a copper ale and not a. Uh, but it's not something that is twelve point. But it's got this great kind of silky, like smoothness to the overall mouthfeel of it too. It's a big mouthfeel. This is a bottle to share for sure, because it's a nice big bomber. And this is probably going to be, we'll have a few more pumpkin ales between now and Thanksgiving. But this is probably going to be the fanciest of Nub the pumpkin Nub always ales releases a harvest uh, spice mm-hmm. cigar, their harvest blend, mm-hmm. which uh, a lot of people quaintly refer to it as their pumpkin spice cigar. <laughs> right. And it's actually quite good if you've had one. So how would something like that go this with this? This would be amazing yeah? together. Like, I want that cigar right now. And it's a Nub Harvest. I love the idea. That's what it's called. They're absolutely delicious. But they have a little element of that um, baking spice. You know, a lot of cigars have that baking spice thing going on anyway. Mm-hmm. But they have a higher element of that baking spice thing going on. And this would just be, this tastes a lot like what you taste in that cigar. Agreed. You know, minus the smoke and, and things like that. It's really, really nice. Well, I'm going to tell you, this is, a, this is a real winner. I mean, it's fantastic. Man, today's a good show for beer, huh? It has been a good show for beer. And you were pretty fond of the Bonhaben, too. Bonhaben. Yes, You said it right the first time. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll just try to stay with that. Well, uh, great fun, Ian. We are cro- inching our way towards the holidays here. We won't have a show on Thanksgiving week, but coming up in the uh, in the very near future, we're going to do a uh, a look. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, we're going to do a look at the best beers, best breweries of 2020. The lists are starting to come out now, so we're going to compile all of those into one show that, that we can. And that'll be so. We'll have a very beer centric show next week, as we as we take a look at those. Plus, uh, we're going to be joined uh, soon by the guys from uh, Sigma Brewing, which Ooh. we're looking forward to. I'm uh, glad we got that coming, yeah. man. Their porters are amazing. Yeah, really, really amazing stuff. And then um, coming up. I'm trying to find the right. Job. While he's looking for that, I'd like to point out a little bit of uh, COVID nineteen advice. Uh-huh. If you see people walking around with their uh, masks below their noses, <clears throat> kindly remind them that they wouldn't cover one eye and call themselves blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that because I because that's rampant. I see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. Yeah, like why bother wearing a mask if you're you might as well put it on your forehead. <laughs> yeah, for as much good yeah, as that's it's, doing. It's not. It's not helping. Um, I found the note I was looking for coming up on November nineteenth. We've been able to reschedule. We've tried to do this. We had them on virtually, 
but uh, with the, in one of the shows that we did when the uh, pandemic first started, but we weren't able to have him in the studio and taste the wonderful goodness of his uh, of his products. Christian Olave will be on the oh, show oh, on oh, November nineteenth. Oh. He is with is, the Dalmore. Is, is he going to also bring cigar malt and Jura? I don't know. I don't know what he's bringing. But he's coming by. I think they may have something new. He'll be here to talk about it. I might have to follow him out to his vehicle and mug him for some cigar Are malt. you out of the cigar malt? Because you I and have, I split a bottle, remember? I have this much left. Uh, that's so good. I'm actually saving the tiniest little bit for my brother when he comes into mm. town for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I have a nice-looking uh, nice uh, um, uh, uh, decanter. Yes. The problem is the glass, I think it's, I think it's just old, and the glass uh, stopper that fits in it. Just kind of rattles around in there, so I had to put a big, actually very similar to this, like out of a, <laughs> yeah. except for mine says Brother Thelonious on it, which by the way is amazing and delicious, and I stuffed that in there to make sure it doesn't, you know, angel share itself yeah, away. Yeah. Well, all right, that's important, and I'm glad that you were able to take the necessary precautions. I do what I can. Uh, thanks again to uh, Docs and his uh, lovely wife for having us on they were amazing. Uh, with them last week. And we're looking forward to uh, really some great shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. Thank you to everybody who's been with us for, what is it now, 209 episodes of Halfway this show. Halfway to 300. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty darn exciting. So uh, Bruce also asked if we have any Zoom meetings coming up to do a virtual cigar smoke. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe. I would say Let's in a couple of weeks. We, we, we were doing them every other week. Uh, then we slowed down, but maybe we should do one, I don't know, once a we month We have or so. a lot of fun with it. It always is a good time. It is a good time. It, it is, a, is good a good time. time. So we just get together, get on Zoom, and everybody, uh, and thanks to Bruce, who's actually got a Zoom account. See, we were we were cheap bastards using the free one, and we kept having to, like, everybody had to sign back on every 45 minutes. No, Bruce has volunteered Bruce his has volunteered we, his Zoom account. So, we use that, and so you can stay on the yeah. entire time instead of having to reconnect. <laughs> I felt pretty cheap when everybody had to sign in, but everybody was really cool about it. They're like, "Okay, I'm back." Um, all right. Well, listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here for a part of the show. We have so much fun doing it, and the fact that you listen or watch, quite frankly, still amazes us uh, every every week. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks so much. Have a great week, and I'm going to toast you with a little bit of this uh, oh. wonderful farm ale. As we Hardwood make our way barrel. out, yeah, Hardwood, Hardywood Rum Barrel Pumpkin so good. is delicious. Have a great weekend. Uh, cheers, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>